Oh, welcome, welcome to the show. It's like my second interview. Uh, my first interview was with my seven-year-old cousin. That's like episode seven. <laughs> if you want to listen to that, it's it's a funny one. So, but not a, not a problem. Yeah, I listened yeah. to a couple of. Uh, I want to say something like forty-six, seven something in that area. Um, okay, and it was it was mainly commentary on your part. Um, dealing with the NBA and other yeah. other areas in the world of sports. Yeah, um, like I watch soccer and hockey and everything, but um, I'm really good at talking about basketball and football. Sure, for the most part. But um, now, did you want yeah. did you want uh, video or no? We. We can, but mostly try to get the audio. No, that's fine. We can just do audio. That's good. Because okay. I can tell you I'm much taller and more handsome than I actually am. And Oh man, I love it. You're just you're just sitting there going, six four, one eighty five, oh yeah. Full head of hair. <laughs> you're yeah. Is, is that true? Is that your real? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I have a five foot one mother, so six four was not in the offing for me. But um, it's, yeah. that's more so your your avatar on NBA two K or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at at my age, I don't think I'm going to get any taller. And uh, it's funny because I made it just a tick below six feet. My wife is about five six, five seven, and okay. we have we have three daughters. The tallest, which is the youngest, only got to five three and a half. Oh man! Like I like I have one sister, and she's she's five eleven. Right. Well, when <laughs> she, in high school, um, you know, when they put the program out, uh, for whatever reason, for a couple of years, they listed her at five foot six. What? It's like, Dad, that's kind of generous. And I'm going, save it so that when um, your kids start causing you issues down the road, pull that out and go, look, I used to be 5'6". You wore me down. I guess they just – I guess they don't just do that in football. I know they do that in football. You know, kind of exaggerate the height and weight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I chuckle because – I look at, well, I deal with rosters, and you look at them, and then you start trying to figure out who people are. Sometimes you can see their numbers. Sometimes they're wearing warm-ups, and you're just trying to figure out who certain people are. And I I see this in uh, sub-D1 women's basketball. Well, they'll list a girl at 5'2", and I'm Mm -hmm. going, standing on a box, you're 5'2". No, Man. you're like 4'10". I didn't know a dog right. came in that package size, but okay. So I, tell me what you want to do, and then tell me when you want to start. Man, um, well, first, I don't know why they exaggerate height and weight, but I was going to just ask about your career and, like, how you got started and um, what's the – most memorable games you've done and sure yeah what and and how this year has been for you (laughs) or not Uh, yeah 
<laughs> well, you know, if you want to, it's fine. But. No, 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 no. We will. We will. And I'll, you know, I will, I understand people are having to make decisions based on sometimes too much politics and not enough fact. And right. their hands are tied. Um, you know, I even look at the pro sports. Um, I have some connections with, with a few pro teams and you sit back and smile going, really? You guys are doing that? Okay. All yeah. Right. But one thing, and I'll throw this out to you, and I think I either emailed you or text you. Uh, and if you want to go this direction also, that would be fine. Um, I do have a real job. Most people don't understand that because certain officials or fans will see me in multiple you know, multiple big school gyms for basketball, volleyball, yeah. what have you. And they're like, is this your only job? Is this what you do? And I go, no. What? <laughs> I have a real job. So my wife and I started in uh, 2008. So it's been mm. 2012. So it's been eight years. We started a nonprofit organization called Collegiate Crossings. We work with all oh. students. Uh, and it's going to make sense here in about 15 seconds. We work with all students, helping them to apply admissions, scholarships, and what have you to have a post-secondary education. So we predominantly work with low-income first-gen, but we also focus on a lot of athletes, uh, high school club sports, okay. um, high school club uh, competitive cheer, and then I ask a lot of questions to all the coaches I deal with through the recruiting process and some of their styles of doing what they do so that we can share that information to high school students who think they want to play college ball and ask them, have you considered, have you ever talked to somebody about this or that or the other thing? So I, this whole COVID thing has been huge because of the situation with the SAT and the ACT um, being discarded for this next year's recruiting. And there are NCAA coaches, a couple of which I've worked with in the past, that are moving to eliminate that completely. Mm -hmm. and, and as a as a educator and as a uh, administrator, I would be concerned, and I share this with you, and if it's a question you want to ask, great, or we just bring it in, is dealing with schools that recruit kids all across the country, you're not always comparing Bob, the basketball player from the East Coast, to, to Dave, the basketball player in the Midwest, and their high school education and grades are apples to apples. Because maybe the one school really praises athletes and bolsters their numbers so they can get into school. That's why the ACT and SAT have been an equalizer. Because if two guys have a 4.0 and then one th you know, on the ACT throws a 29, and the other one throws a 19, we got a problem because that 4.0 doesn't look realistic. Compound that with schools that are recruiting athletes from foreign countries. And I know a lot of kids, I know some kids that are, you know, that represent uh, Australia. They're on their national team. They play in the, the uh, Australian um, the NBL, the, the, their head lead basketball leagues like the NBA here in the United States. And um, 
um, there was some discrepancy when they came to college about their grades coming in. Well, what about, and those were English speaking kids. What about the kids that are coming from Central or South America, depending on the sport, Europe, depending on the sport, or Africa, depending on the sport? Do they equate? And if you eliminate the ACT and the SAT, are you doing a disservice to those individuals as student athletes? And are they just going to break the heart of the coaches and athletic directors down the road? So I share that if that's something you want to broach um, or not, that's fine. Yeah, you know, like, like getting involved in it? You no, know, no, no. I'm... If it's a question you want to bring up, it, it may come up in your conversation about COVID if you want to bring that up. And I share that. Okay. I don't want you to be freaked out going, where is he going? Okay. Well, what, well, well, you could tell me like what type of challenges you've had this year during COVID. Sure. Like, I know you kind of touched a little bit right. on it. You, so, so what are the challenges you face with the collegiate crossings, right? Yes. Um, during, during COVID during this year, because that, that would have been a, a great thing for me as a, college football I guess hopeful like 10 years ago sure but. and and we get that kind of statement all the time from oh let's say 25 to 45 year olds going where were you when I was making that decision I know man. and uh it comes down to we have cut budgets heavily around the country and education tends to be one that gets hit a lot and we, we cut back on the number of uh, counselors in high schools that are dealing with the day-to-day actions of their school. They just don't have the time to spend, you know, hours with each student that's under their care to help them plan for a post-secondary education, if you're going to right. athletics or not. And so we came about to, to help uh, bridge that gap, hence the crossings part of collegiate. And so this year, um, a biggie has been that most schools around the country are not requiring any standardized testing. So you're applying based on your resume and your GPA. So in the big picture, okay, you still have some things to balance. But when you're dealing with athletes and you're dealing with athletes from around the world, that don't have the ed- same educational system as we do here in the United States, as good or bad as you know anybody listening might believe it to be, it, it's typically far better uh, as a whole. Yet, when you start recruiting those athletes, all of them are probably outstanding young men and women. We now don't have that common denominator. We don't have the opportunity to compare apples to apples because their grade point average and the, the education that they take, how does it equate to an American, you know, education? It's very difficult. Yeah. And so I know of a couple of NCAA coaches, uh, one particular, Frank Martin. Uh, I've worked some tournaments with Frank Hiddick. We've never talked about this because it came up after COVID. And so I saw him over Thanksgiving in Cancun, uh, Mexico in a basketball tournament. He's part of a commission put together by coaches through the NCAA. Uh, Tommy Amaker is the other one. I think he's at Harvard. And one of their strong considerations is to remove standardized testing for all athletes 
Ooh. being recruited in the United States, not just this year because of COVID, forever. And I was blessed. I grew up in a fairly affluent area. I went to a, a highly uh, supported uh, public high school. Um, over the last several years, football has been huge. In the last seven years, they've won six state titles. Um, mm. And so they've had a lot of success. And so I was blessed. But not all kids in the United States are coming from that kind of background. So that's one issue. But then you start looking at the kids that you're recruiting that are uh, international. And um, can they handle an educational system in the United States? Because one, how well is their, is their language skills? You know, if they're fluent, oh, great. They'll probably do all right. But yeah. I've dealt with kids that have come out of Africa and come out of Eastern Europe, and you can barely understand them because they, they're learning English on the fly. And bless them for, for the efforts they're making. But if you remove that forever, you got to keep in mind, they're student athletes. They're not athletes that are students. And so if we ultimately want to get Bob and Sue to move from one position to the next, which ultimately leads to a diploma and an opportunity for a career, we have to be able to bring in the kids that can actually have success. And if they don't, and we're recruiting them, then the bottom line is, are we really doing a disservice to those student athletes? Right. So that's a big hurdle. I share this with people and they look at me like, are you crazy? No. Chew on that for a little while and then try to, how do we deal with it? And the saddest part is with COVID, every five minutes, things change. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so it affects us because we, we're sending kids off to go take their ACT and SAT, but they go to sign up. And the problem is there are so many students that need it, but they've limited the number of testing sites and the amount of people per testing site because of social distancing that all of a sudden yeah. here, you've got kids that are panicking because they can't take the standardized test. So it's, it's probably better that they do get rid of it for athletes. This just make it less of a burden on all involved, but I know that's going to take a while because college has standards, you know. Absolutely. This is why I think, speaking of the COVID affecting everything, like what do you think about the latest news with the Big Ten and the, uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 canceling fall sports? Like, uh, I understand it. Personally, me, Andy, I don't like it for two reasons. Mm -hmm. One um, is that puts a giant donut hole in my calendar um, mm. <laughs> starting now. Uh, I do a yeah. lot of work in the Pac-12. I do work in the Big 12. I do a lot of work in the Big Sky. Um, and those schools, those programs are not going to play. And here's at least the second, you're moving it into the spring. Okay. There is at least an attempt, not only at the collegiate level, but at the high school level, that let's play. Let's play. 
Let's get something in and let's shoot for January 1. Mm. Well, now we have an issue. We have schools that have athletic departments that um, have X number of staff members. So what's the next sport after the fall is the, the winter, and that's basketball. Your two right. biggest your two biggest revenue generating sports, and they're going to be playing at roughly the same time. Talking to a division two coach uh, this past week, she believes her team will start playing January one. Okay. So what, that's when they can actually start practice officially. Yeah. And so maybe they start playing games the end of January. Well, if you play January, February, March, when do you start for football practice? And so there's going to be an overlap. And if you have overlap at the high school level, you're going to have an overlap of coaches and athletes. The collegiate level, not really. But now what are you going to do as an athletic department? If you're, if you're hosting uh, basketball two days this week, and then you've got football the next day, will you have the staffing of personnel to be able to pull that off? If you move volleyball to the spring and it's being played again at the backside of basketball, are you going to have gymnasium problems where the basketball team wants to not only practice, but actually play in their gym and volleyball is also practicing and playing in their gym. Sure. They can practice in an auxiliary gym somewhere else, but you're going to run into an issue where you're going to have, to me, overlapping of facilities, overlapping of staffing, and you're going to have a problem with fans because a fan might want to go to a basketball game, maybe two a week, a volleyball match, or two a week, and now you throw football. So if you've got people that are historic uh, season ticket holders, now you're asking them to show up at your school four or five nights out of the week for a period of time. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying that is something that has to be addressed at, at both the collegiate and the high school level, because most high schools only have one gym. So you're going to play volleyball and basketball at the same time because nobody's put out a calendar that says, okay, this is when this is how I've spent some time with our state high school athletic association because I work a lot of their state championships and um, they've just said the season. So they've said the fall, the winter, the spring, there's no, this will start on this date and this will start on this date here in, in Colorado in high school sports, they have kind of dealt with that. They've kind of set a, a calendar so that there's only maybe 10, 12 days of overlap where in the past they had no overlap um, because at the high school level, you're going to have kids that are basketball players that are also baseball players and baseball getting shoved into the latter spring. You're having high school baseball finish up at the end of June here in Colorado. Well, what if that young man uh, is, is making early entry to his college or he has to go away to, school now he can't finish his senior year of baseball because it's into june there's gonna be a lot of opt-outs oh i believe high school and college sadly there is and this is nobody's fault 
I, I'm not saying this to point a finger at state high school agencies or at the NCAA or at individual schools. It comes down to it is what it is. How can we do it best and certainly pray and hope that come August 1st of 2021, we're back to a sense of normalcy? Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's, it's tough to say right now. It is. We still and, have a handle on everything. Yeah, I just, had a, <laughs> I just had a game administrative friend uh, and I were in a texting conversation and she asked me, so what are you going to do with all this free time? And um, gave a couple of things and then said, well, it gives me an opportunity to work on my hand modeling career. Uh, she thought it was <laughs> funny, but it, 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 it really, it, when something is so wrong and so bad, the phrase, well, yeah, all I could do was laugh because you're just perplexed in what is next? We don't know. And the sad truth is there's a whole lot of administrative people at the high school and the collegiate levels that seriously are going, I don't know. It's hard to say. And this is really controlled bottom line and by the governors of the states. Yeah. Because they make the determination what goes on in their state. Yet there are some, there are some agencies that I do a lot of PA work for that work around the country and work around the world. And um, they've been able to play ball this summer. High school kids. Really? Yeah, it, it really just it depends on where you are. Like around Exactly. There was, there, was, yeah. there was a nine-day tournament, and I won't tell you where it was because I don't want to uh, shade, throw shade on a, on a state. And Guys, a okay. Yes, I'm, but I'm nine days, I was supposed <laughs> to be in a state that's real close proximity to Colorado. And they're still shut down, and they don't let any of this go on. Instead, we've moved, they had to shorten things up, make things smaller, and move it to, and I'll say this because it was a positive, to Utah and play there. But that agency's original plan was to have 90 teams in this event. Well, where they moved it, because they moved it to different location and to Utah, um, all of a sudden that 90 teams, I believe, and I may be corrected, dropped to like 30. When 60-something percent of your revenue gets slashed, mm -hmm. uh, there's a whole lot now you're not going to do. So I don't work for that agency 24-7. I'm not a, a W-2 for them. I'm, a, I'm a, a casual labor. So I work for that agency uh, four or five times a year for you know three days here, five days here, seven days here, two days here. Um, and so all of those people that they have to write extra checks, they had to say, we can't use you because of this. Totally understand it. It just means that now that agency has to use all of their full-time staff to do baseball. And some of their people may not be baseball people, or they may not be game staff people, but they had to become because they're already getting paid. So it's made for some very unique and interesting um, times and that's why i'm saying i'm hoping you know by uh, august 1 next year everybody's going here we go 
normal schedules back in place. I hope so as well, but this might be a two-year or beyond thing. When you when you mention all that, like it, it I didn't could even be think about all that. It yeah, could I be. Even... And, and I'm 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 several years past my high school and college playing days. I mean, my yeah, youngest, me <laughs> my, well, my youngest child is 24. And so, ah. you know, it's past her, uh, 24, 27, and 30 this year. Um, I'm 28, so. There you fit right in the middle of what would be my well, kids. I will you be couldn't, 28. <laughs> you couldn't because you're a guy and I only have sisters and only have daughters. So that wouldn't work. Um, oh man! <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, I, I'm well past it. It's not my concern. But I look at those kids who last spring didn't play baseball, who didn't run track, who didn't get to finish their high school basketball career. I did round one, three nights of basketball here in the state of Colorado for state championships. Each division starts off with an elite eight, so eight guys eight girls teams in each of the five divisions. They all played on Thursday. It was canceled the rest of the tournament on Thursday night. And um, uh, you feel bad for those kids because now they're going to, they're going to face some of the same stuff in the spring uh, with their athletics. And that is, will it be a full schedule? Will it be a partial schedule? Will it be no schedule at all? And so I look back you know, to my high school days and go, wow, never considered that. And here's an issue for these guys, because for some of them, the only way they're going to get to college is because they can dribble, shoot, throw, hit, swim, play golf, whatever it is, because they just don't have the funding to be able to afford a post-secondary education without athletics. That's tough. I mean, it just—I I, just—I I just feel those kids, man. Especially the international kids. I didn't even think about them either. Well, if if you don't have anything else, uh, I'd well, like I to could ask. Talk some, this sub- I could talk this subject for hours, but I, I know I, I know you contacted me to talk about some other stuff. No, no, no. That's no. That's pretty much like like most of it. Pretty much like. You covered pretty much everything. But I guess one off the topic question I'm about to ask. Uh, who you got tonight? Um, Blazers. I think they're playing the Nets. Yeah. Blazers or Nets. Like The Blazers got to win to get in the playoffs. So who you got if you watch basketball? <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, you, got, you got Dame and the Blazers or the Nets. Who you think is going to win? Well, I always look at who has the most to gain. Blazers uh, are playing to get in, right? Right. Okay. They've also got uh, Lillard, who has scored about 2 million points in this bubble uh, it's been, tournament. It's been incredible. I mean, the guy's thrown 50, 60 up there. And so you've got a guy that's really hot. And so – I'm not a, a big Portland Trailblazer fan, partly because uh, always, I, I grew up as a Phoenix Suns fan and still am. Uh, oh, you, yeah, you need them to lose big time. <laughs> but I, I grew up in the Phoenix area, 
first game, professional game I ever attended was December 29th, 1969. That'll tell you how old what? I was. It was the Suns versus the Knicks, regular season. The Knicks had Walt Frazier and Willis Reed, oh, man. Jerry Willis Lucas Reed. and the Phoenix Bill Suns. Jackson. Connie Hawkins and Dick Van Arsdale and Jimmy Fox and and uh, Paul Silas and those kind of guys. Paul and, Silas. Yes, former NBA coach. The coach. And, and, yes. And, and he kind of, you know, was known once in a while to throw a shoulder or an elbow. Um, oh, man. And then uh, the, the, the original general manager who became the owner is actually extended family. Uh, that is the Colangelo family. And um, – Oh, so they, they're all over basketball. Well, yes, because um, Jerry, not sure where the status is right now. He's been the president of Basketball USA for the last several years. So the Olympic world team, he's been in charge of all of this. And then uh, his son, Brian, not only has been a GM, um, well, he's been a GM for several places. There's been some issues that – Moved him around. He was with the Raptors. He was with the 76ers. He was with the Suns. Um, Brian's a couple of years younger than me. Uh, I actually know Brian's two older sisters far better. Um, and so I've always had that connection. Um, the first radio station I worked for, we were the Phoenix Suns flagship station. And um, I take that okay. back. Second radio station I worked at, uh, we were the flagship station. So we got to be. Uh, and still today, friendly with their uh, legendary play-by-play uh, -play guy, Al McCoy. Al's in his 80s now, uh, still doing all of the home games. And since I'm not in Phoenix, I don't listen to Phoenix radio. I don't think he's working the bubble. Uh, I'm not sure who's working that. If it's a national feed that they play in Phoenix uh, for those games. So a lot of connections, personal relations um, with Phoenix and uh, Booker is, uh, I've loved him since his college days. So, uh, oh man, I didn't think he'd be this, this good. Like, he's good in college, but I didn't know he's gonna be like a superstar. Yes, and uh, you know, he can play, uh, he can take it to the basket, and he can kill you with the, the 35 footer. So, uh, oh yeah, uh, they're seven and no, and can they go eight? No, and if they go eight, oh yeah, they're idiot. They're eight and zero now because they just beat the Mavericks. That just went final not too oh, long okay. ago. I didn't know. I did not know the. Um, um, oh, I'm I'm all over it today. It's it's a pretty big day. <laughs> so yeah, Portland's got to lose for Phoenix to get in. But yeah, as the I streak shared, is impressive. Who's got the most to lose? You know, the underdog. And this is a one game series for Portland. They win, they yeah. go on, they lose, they're out. And so right. you always worry about those kind of teams because uh, they're going to do everything they can to win. Right. Well, um, if you have anything else, that's that's cool. If not, the, thank you for being on the show with me. Thank you for interviewing. I appreciate it. You know, thanks once again. I'm definitely going to tweet out about collegiate crossings. <laughs>
because I'm on Twitter all the time. Right. So. And, and you, you can find us on Facebook. You find our, our website, just as it sounds, Collegiate Crossings. Um, and I think on our website, I believe I'm wearing a Denver Bronco jersey standing on a beach. So, um, you know, now, now I remember, I think I, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's, that's very yeah. cool. I still have the same haircut. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Yes, yes. That's fine, man. I, but, um, I might end up like that, too. <laughs> well, you know, my father probably should have gone that route in his mid-20s, but he did that comb-over thing for oh, Lord. The, next, the next 45 years. <laughs> hey, he, it worked, he it passed, worked for him, you know. He passed a couple of years ago. And um, uh, in his early 80s, uh, as did my mom and uh, my sister, who does hair and has since she got out of high school. She's three years older than me. So she's done hair for 45 years. Um, She went to my dad one day and said, Dad, we're just going to clip everything and cut it short. All you got to do is a bar of soap and a towel and you're done. And uh, easy. That's me. (laughs) Yes. That's which fine, is fine. Man. Which is fine. Just gotta just gotta go with it. It's all good. Yeah. Anything else you wanna know? Um well So you're Broncos fan. I guess this is the last thing. Um you're Broncos fan. Excited about Judy and Gordon. Cause it, they look like they got a squad. I mean poor Oakland Raider fans, like their whole division is stacked. Including, yes. you know, you guys. Yes. Um, love Judy. Um, and um, Locke as the quarterback, you know, people are like, well, can he really do it? Well, he was four and one at the end of the year as a true rookie. You know, mm-hmm. that, extrapolate that across the season. And the guy ends up being what, like 13 and three, 12 and four. Yeah. So as a rookie, okay. And um, so excited about that. Excited that uh, Chubb seems to be healthy. They picked up um, Casey, the D lineman that I think is really going to step up with them. I expect a lot, but picking up uh, Gordon and people are like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, we got Phil. Phil oh, got, yeah, you got you know, Philip Lindsay. Kid, the Denver kid. And it's like, yeah, but we always had the other couple of backs. You don't hear any conversation about that. So Phil Lindsay doesn't play every down. A couple of reasons. One, he's a little smaller. And two, you know, you give a guy a blow. Plus you have other guys that have worked hard, so you give them a chance to prove themselves. But the bottom line is now you've got two backs that the defense has to be afraid of. Because you can drop one of those two guys into a slot position and throw to them or run a reverse or misdirection of something. And you've got two proven NFL running backs versus going with the second and third line guys that are just getting some, some blow time from when Lindsay, you know, would, would get gassed or something. So there you go. So I'm, I'm looking if we play, uh, we, uh, we buy tickets through a friend. We split some of their season tickets with them. And um, no one knows how many people are going to be allowed into the games. 
Um, NFL has told us that it's got to be at least 50% or less. I think and it's up to the team in the city, probably. And, and now the Vegas Raiders, who you so affectionately mentioned, um, I think they're going with zero. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah it's, I mean. It, it's tough for me to watch Major League Baseball with cardboard cutouts in the stands. They're definitely weird. I was seeing them with Korean baseball. They got fans in the stands now, but they started off with cardboard cutouts. They were weird, but eventually I got used to it. Sure, sure. But it's still not normal. (laughs) Right. I mean, because during a normal time of the year, I'm in somebody's gym or stadium or arena, probably five and a half, maybe almost six nights out of the week. And you're used to that live crowd versus what they're facing right now. So interesting time. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, thanks once again. I think that's, that's all I have. Um, it's nice to meet you and thanks for dropping by the show and, you know, giving me all your information. Beautiful. I'm you know, anytime you get any questions about anything dealing with what I do in college and, and such athletics or dealing with athletics as it relates to education, don't ever has, hesitate to reach out. Oh, yeah, I will. No, definitely. I guess I'm a go now. Thanks once again. I, I'll probably post this soon, like within the next two or three days. Sounds good, Van. Thank you. All right. No problem.